Hello and welcome to Marysville Church of Christ podcast. This is Under Attack, and my name is Bishop. I'll be your host today. Over the last several weeks, we've been tracking with Jesus as he engaged with Satan in a fight in the wilderness, a fight whose outcome would change the history of the world. Have you ever stopped and considered what would happen if Jesus sinned? Jesus gave in to the temptation Satan offered him with. Have you ever considered how damaging that would be? And how much was at stake? In this war of the words, we all find our fate in the balance as Satan and the Son of God fight in the wilderness. <clears throat> Last week we talked about Jesus and his struggle with self-reliance. A struggle that we see over and over again Satan try to get Jesus with, and quite frankly, Satan's number one tool in his arsenal, the thing he has always been able to get us humans to struggle with, trusting in our own ability over God's. But today we're going to pivot to an equally challenging temptation, one that I think we struggle with in particular today, one that, especially in our context, is very near and dear to us, and if we're not careful, we'll consistently give in too. Verse 5 of Luke 4, the devil took him up and showed him in one instant all the kingdoms of the world. I will give you authority over all of this, said the devil, and all the prestige that goes with it. It's been given to me, you see, and I can give it to anyone I like. So it can all be yours if you will just fall to, my, fall to your knees for me. It is written, replied Jesus, the Lord your God is the one you must worship alone. He is the only one that you must serve. Very important interaction here, but I want to start right off the bat with a passage we've already looked at. We've already looked at this a couple weeks ago in verse 5 when he says that Satan says that all the kingdoms of the world are his. Every nation on planet earth is his, and the authority of those over it are his, as he says in verse 6. Jesus never corrects that, and though it is true that all authority comes from God alone, that doesn't mean that everyone in authority is chosen by God. See, in the very beginning, God gave humanity authority. He gave authority to nations when he separated people into them in, in uh, Genesis chapter 11. But since then, there have been evil rulers that aren't from the will of God. It was not God in heaven who gave Germany Hitler, nor Russia Stalin, nor Nebuchadnezzar to Babylon, or Xerxes to Persia. No, from what we gather in this story, that was Satan. What's interesting about this is that Satan is trying to tempt Jesus. He's trying to tempt Jesus with the kingdoms of the world. Notice that what Satan's doing here is not trying to play up some pride or arrogance in Christ. What he's saying is, Messiah, you want to save this world, don't you? You want to create a chosen people of Israel, don't you? You want to bring redemption, don't you? You want to stop the suffering? You want to stop the war? You want to stop the famines? You want to stop the droughts, the plagues? You want to heal the sick and care for the lonely? You want to give money to the poor and help the oppressed? Satan, with a toothy smile, looked at him and said, I can give you the kingdoms of the world, and you can accomplish those very tasks. This was not a temptation of Jesus, uh, Satan giving something to Jesus that is intrinsically evil. He's trying to give Jesus the kingdom of the world 
And there was a moment where you can only imagine Jesus thought all the good he could do with the kingdoms of this world. But therein lies the trap Satan is catching Jesus in. Because the kingdom of heaven can never be accomplished through the kingdom of the world. In this moment, had Jesus said, yes, I think I can do incredible things through the kingdoms of the world, Satan would have got him. Because to any degree that you give trust and power over to the kingdoms of the world, you're giving trust and power over to Satan, who is the king of this world. In this moment, if Jesus said, I think I can do good through the kingdoms of the world, what he's actually doing is giving his trust to Satan and his domain. What Jesus actually does then is say, I'm actually going to take the more difficult route and I'm going to create a new kingdom, a kingdom of heaven that's going to stand against the kingdoms of the world. And my kingdom is going to do things through peace and love. It's going to do things through submission and compassion. And it's not going to be as fast as the kingdoms of this world. But my kingdom can't be corrupted. Well, at least shouldn't be corrupted. The temptation here is, com- is ended with Jesus quoting this passage of scripture. The Lord your God is the one you must worship. He is the only one you must serve. Jesus here is very clearly saying that if you put yourself in submission and service to something that's not God, that's a sin. And for Jesus to put his trust and submission into something like the kingdoms of this world, well, that would have been a sin. So what does this teach us today? What can we learn from the story in Luke chapter 4? And how can we use this to fight our, our fight against Satan? For one, I think we need to realize this. That if we are going to have any hope of fighting against Satan, we can't hope to do it through the kingdoms of the world. We've got to stop putting our trust and hope in them. Because Jesus, when given the opportunity to do good through them, chose not to. And likewise, we need to be careful. Because any ounce of trust or hope or security we put in our kingdoms of this world, in our case, America, is an ounce of hope or trust that we're not putting in God and his kingdom of heaven. Every time we think that we're going to engage ourselves in the kingdoms of this world and put our our stay in it, our our identity in it, we got to be careful because Satan's corrupting us. Because the system itself is corrupted. Right now, the fight that Christians find themselves in in America is a fight for identity. As Jesus was in the first century, we are being tempted and offered by Satan that we can change the world using our kingdom of the world. That we can do God's will with our kingdom of the world. And Jesus is trying to remind us, don't put your faith in any kingdom of the world. Put your faith only in my kingdom. Only in me. Don't trust rulers or principalities or powers. Trust only in God. And then he quotes this passage at the end. The Lord your God alone is whom you must serve. He alone deserves your trust and security. And if you think about it, this fight that we're in over our identity is a fight that really has monumental consequences. If the church starts reflecting the kingdoms of the world, then our distinct godliness is lost, and we begin to look, well, like a kingdom of the world. We begin to look like Satan. For every ounce the trust 
and trust, uh, ounce of trust that the kingdom of heaven puts in the kingdoms of the world, the more they will start to reflect the kingdoms of the world and the less they will start reflecting the king of heaven. Every time we draw our swords like Rome, we become Rome. Every time we sheathe them like Christ, we become like Christ. Every ounce of identity and loyalty we give to something that's not Jesus is an ounce of loyalty that's not with Jesus. And it's an ounce of ourselves that Satan gets a grip on. No matter intentionality, identity lies only with Jesus and only with God. This struggle for who we are, the very essence of our being, is one that Satan will continue to plague us with. He will try to get us to believe in the kingdoms of this world, in structures, in forms, in things that aren't God. But God from the wilderness is calling out to us, only serve me, trust only in me. Don't give in. Don't give in.